This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. So I want to ask you about something that's in the news a lot right now. Um, You've been really prolific over the past few years being the head of the Intel Committee, and you defended, promoted, you even read into the congressional record, the Steele dossier. Um, And we know last week the main source of the dossier was indicted by the FBI for lying about most of the key claims in that dossier. Do you have any reflections on your role in promoting this to the American people? And to be clear, he was fired halfway through the campaign. But you made false information yourself for years by promoting this. I think that's what Republicans and what people who entrusted you as the Intel Committee Chair are so confused about your culpability in all of this. No, I think just your credibility is. I Man, I love that. If you didn't hear it earlier this week, we played it. That is Morgan Ortegas on The View filleting Adam Schiff, who helped to spread the ideas that the Steele dossier was legitimate, that there was collusion between the Trump administration and Russia. And we have now, as we roll into hour number two, Friday edition, Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show, encourage you to go subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you don't miss a minute. Morgan Ortegas, who you just heard right there, taking down Adam Schiff. And Morgan, I have to say right off the top here, thank you so much for doing that because... Almost no one will say anything to Adam Schiff that requires him to stand up and acknowledge what he spent years spreading. And somehow doing it on The View made it even better because he thought he was going in for probably a very lightweight interview and you were just standing there ready for him, dunked all over him. So thank you. And was that a difficult decision to make in the view context when you're guest hosting or how did you come to go after him that aggressively and that well? Well, first of all, thanks for having me on. Congrats on the show. I have to say it's so nice to hear the Rush Limbaugh music. It like brings me back to the last 20, 25 years of listening to him on the radio. So congrats to to you guys. Um, So I got to say the producers um, at the view, the whole team was amazing, really amazing. Um, They were kind, supportive the whole week. And um, Tuesday was the second day I was just hosting, and I spoke to the producers the night before, and, and uh, we were talking about questions for the next day. 
I said, listen, guys, you know, this is uh, someone who, you know, a lot of people have been upset with for essentially spreading Russian disinformation uh, for years. And I think he needs a tough question. And I said, so when it comes to my question, and, and I said, you know, this is kind of where I'm headed, what I'd like to ask. And, and again, all credit to the producers. Everybody said, you know, absolutely, Morgan, we want you to feel like, you know, that you can ask tough questions. And then they knew I would do it in a respectful way because that's how I am. But, you know, one of the pillars and of our democracy is that we are able to hold all of our leaders accountable and ask tough questions of them. Um, and so, uh, like I said, I, I will be honest. I, I said this the other day on Fox. Um, my hand, I noticed, and I don't get nervous easy. I don't know why this happened, but my hand did start shaking a little. And, and Sunny Hosting gave me uh, like a, she was very kind and encouraging in the commercial break because I sort of thought, well, this is it, right? Like there might not be another moment to question him. And, and I, I need to make sure I land this. But he's a smart guy. He's not a dummy, right? He's, he's a professional politician. And um, so I just wanted to land it, you know, again, not on behalf of Republicans or conservatives, forget all that. I wanted to land it because this is someone who, you know, promoted, defended, read into the congressional record, a dossier, which now, you know, the main people that are the sources of that dossier have been indicted. It not only looks like it was lies, it, it may have been full on Russian disinformation that started, you know, uh, uh, an investigation into the president. Um, wasted a lot of taxpayer dollars. So, you know, there's just a lot that needed to be held accountable for. And um, the little clip at the end, I just, you know, couldn't help because I was, I was sort of hoping, and I know this is probably very naive of me, I was sort of hoping that as a public servant, he would take the moment to say, you know what, I was wrong on the dossier. And he can still defend, right, all of his actions that he feels like that he needed to hold President Trump accountable for. Fine. But there was when there's just no moment of self-reflection and, and no moment of saying, yeah, I might have screwed that one up. I, I just kind of got irritated. And I was like, well, you know, this is why your credibility is in question, my friend. Hey, Morgan, it's Buck. You know, I remember when you were working with uh, Secretary Pompeo and, and under the Trump administration in your role as a spokesperson, right, dealing with the press constantly. And so you were you were very much feeling the incoming all the time about Russia collusion delusion. And I'm just wondering if if you have in any way picked up from the press corps and maybe more specifically the, the people that cover the, the diplomatic press corps. Is there any embarrassment at how many of them went for this, even if it's private? I mean, do, do any of them feel like they have betrayed their craft by being so wrong on something so important, which was the lie used to undermine Trump for really all of his presidency? Or was it just a tactic? And so it doesn't matter to them that it was wrong because they were just trying to defeat Trump and it didn't matter what they had to do to get there. So I will say that um, some of the people that I still talk to and have relationships with say, oh, I, I never fell for it. I never promoted that. And I just sort of smile and say, OK, sure, whatever, whatever you want to believe. Um, and then there are some. Not many, but there are definitely some well-known mainstream journalists that were questioning this um, and that have expressed to me privately that they were very frustrated that they could not score um, an interview with Congressman Schiff uh, for his uh, new book. Um, and, and so uh, this is and I'm not at all talking about right of center journalists. I'm talking about very mainstream journalists that, you know, that that wanted an interview and could and could not get one because they're known to be uh, tough reporters. Um, so that's why I said I didn't feel like in the moment that I was 
questioning the congressman on behalf of a party or you know was questioning him on behalf of everybody who sort of wanted some wanted some answers um so i think you know listen when we go and, and buck you know this better than anybody given your time at the cia uh and elsewhere uh you know when you start to talk about russia it's it's really frustrating um from a policy perspective and it's frustrating for foreign policy and national security professionals like you are, Buck, um, you know, we know that for eight years, the Obama administration um, not only really ignored the threat uh, of Russia, they, as we all famously know, they mocked Mitt Romney whenever he tried to warn uh, them about, uh, about it. Um, and then what happened? Uh, of course, Ukraine, uh, excuse me, Russia invaded Crimea. Uh, that was an on President Obama's watch, and we essentially did nothing to, to stop that. And there are news reports actually just uh, yesterday, I believe it was yesterday, um, that the Biden administration is warning our European allies about the uh, Russian buildup of troops. They think that potentially there could be another invasion um, into Ukraine. Uh, this is on the backdrop of the Biden administration essentially allowing the Russians to complete the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, uh, which will make Europe basically entirely dependent on Russian gas. Uh, it will undermine Ukraine economically um, and, you know, with their territorial sovereignty as well. And so in our administration, we were putting sanctions on Russians. I was in the room with Mike Pompeo and Putin and Lavrov multiple times. And trust me, I saw one on one in that room how tough Mike Pompeo was with them. Um, It was a a side of him that you do not want to get on the side of whenever whenever he is incensed over something. So, you know, you've got. A, a, you know, a group of people that were also senior officials in the Obama administration for eight years that are now running the Biden administration. It's the same group of people. They were soft on Russia for eight years. Now they've allowed them to build Nord Stream 2. Um, they're supposedly warning our European allies, look, the Russians might invade. Well, what the hell is anybody going to do about it? And now it's a difference under President Trump, right? China and Russia knew, well, this guy might be a little crazy. He like might actually stop us from doing, uh, you know, these these reckless things that we'd like to do. And I, Alyssa, I think it's not out of the realm of possibility that under four years of a Biden administration that you could see another Russian invasion into Ukraine. You could potentially see, you know, maybe post-Olympics, a, a Chinese uh, invasion of Taiwan. Biden administration doesn't think that's going to happen. I hope they're right. Uh, if I was, you know, a betting man and I wanted to do it, I'd do it under a Biden administration as opposed to potentially a second Trump administration. Morgan, what about the irony here that for years we were flogged with Donald Trump is a Russian agent and the Democrats said, oh, you can't share anything associated with the Hunter Biden laptop. That's Russian disinformation. And the ultimate outcome here is that the Democrats were being used by Russia to peddle disinformation from the Steele dossier which was infinitely more impactful in its negative consequences for the Trump administration than anything they were ever alleging Trump had done that would have helped his administration. I mean, it's really we're through the looking glass here where so often what we're being told by the mainstream media is not just wrong. It's the exact opposite of what is actually taking place. Yeah, it's one of the reasons that I joke and say that I don't read fiction uh, because (laughs) In politics and in international relations, as you know, uh, it's, uh, it's, you know, you don't need to read fiction because you literally can't make this up, right? If you pitch this 
whole story to a Hollywood producer, they would laugh at you and say, this is too unbelievable. Um, and what I think is, is, you know, the things that worry me is the Democrats talk a lot about our institutions and whether our institutions are withstanding pressure and, and all those sorts of talk, right? Well, if you look at, I encourage your listeners to Google Eli Lake and, and look at his recent um, article in Commentary Magazine. When you start reading, you know, Eli, for me, pieces it together better than anybody. Um, and when you look at both um, the Horowitz, the uh, FBI IG investigation and the Durham investigation, you know, the Horowitz, they sort of painted the FBI as being a victim of, you know, Clinton campaign operatives and tactics. You know, I, I, I think that that's letting the FBI off a little too too lightly. And w- what you look at here is that we may have, have, have essentially campaigned, uh, you know, material from, from a rival campaign. We, that was essentially used by the FBI uh, for those uh, FISA warrants to listen in on the Trump campaign. So that is a, a Democratic campaign uh, going to the FBI to spy on their political opponents, right, by, by misleading the FBI. So if you want to talk about our institutions withstanding pressure, uh, you know, using, using the FBI, using intelligence agency, uh, intelligence community resources, uh, government resources, millions of dollars in taxpayer money to go after your political opponent. I mean, that's, that's pretty, pretty darn crooked. Morgan Ortegas, no former State Department spokesperson. And uh, Morgan, always great to have you on. Thanks for being with us. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Talk soon. Put 10 people together, and out of that group, at least three of them will tell you they suffer from everyday pain that won't go away. It's happened to them as a result of aging, exercise, overexertion, or just the effects of everyday living. It's that simple. What's not simple is how to relieve that pain and really make it go away. The solution may well be a product called Relief Factor. Created by doctors and perfected over 15 years of scientific research, Relief Factor was made for those of you with chronic pain. It's got four key ingredients, and Relief Factor is a 100% drug-free product which addresses joint pain, knee, hip, back, neck, and shoulder pain. Hundreds of thousands of people have ordered Relief Factor, and about 70% of them go on to order more. So if you're currently in pain and you have a a 7 in 10 chance to eliminate it, those are pretty great odds, right? I mean, what do you have to lose, Clay? So many folks getting great results. No doubt. And that's why you need to join the more than half a million people and order the three-week quick start right now for only nineteen ninety-five. You can go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to get the nineteen ninety-five three-week quick start developed for you. Relieffactor.com or you can call 800-4-RELIEF. Relief Factor. Feel the difference. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. 
Listen to more than a movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. If we do get a fifth wave, it won't affect the entire country equally because the places hardest hit tend to have low vaccination rates. Well, yeah. At this point, staying unvaccinated is like wearing a Yankees hat to a Red Sox game. You're probably going to end up in the hospital and it's your own damn fault. Welcome back to the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. I know that Stephen Colbert, I'm... I'm amazed when I walk uh, to, to the radio studio here, Clay, because it's pretty close to where the Colbert show uh, is filmed. And they have a live studio audience. And lots of folks will stand out in line for what feels like hours to go see this very unfunny late night show that they do over at the uh, Colbert thing. And he, here's the problem they're going to run into. The numbers are going up in places with substantial vaccination rates, places like New York, California. Gavin Newsom already said aloud he's now back out in public people know where he is that there's a seasonality to this oh you think which we were saying when everyone was pointing to florida in the summer months it's like oh my gosh florida look at how terrible things are uh but i i do think there's a little bit of a, a rising anxiety right now among a lot of people who have really believed that the fauci the fauciite you know regime will protect them going into this winter uh, there's going to be a big push to make people get boosters. I think a lot of folks are going to be who are not at high risk. Again, my parents already got the boosters. Your parents Same. got the boosters. I'm not, you know, we are very clear about this. Boosters for people who are at high risk because even, you know, six months of added protection may be really, really helpful, especially for uh, the possibility of getting like this Pfizer pill and some of these other therapeutics coming online. 
But for a lot of other people, it's going to be a why am I going to get the booster situation? And you may see cases rise dramatically. You may see hospitalizations and unfortunately even deaths start to go up a lot because the people that have been telling us all we have to do is listen to Fauci are once again going to be wrong. We do not have a pandemic of the unvaccinated. And that has been their storyline that if the whole country were vaccinated, that COVID would go away. And the data out of Vermont and the data out of New Hampshire and the data out of Maine and the data out of all of these different northeastern states that are now seeing a skyrocketing case overall of COVID, those people are overwhelmingly vaccinated. And this is what we've been saying for months on this show. The Biden administration has been selling the idea that the only reason COVID still exists in America is because some people are choosing not to be vaccinated. Now, they're not considering natural immunity. They're not considering all of the people who have already been exposed to the virus. They are saying jabs and arms, jabs, jabs and arms, jabs and arms. That will solve everything. It's just not true. And, Buck, I legitimately wonder What's the overall number of shots that are going to ultimately be required in order to be considered fully vaccinated? Let me give you an example. The NBA now is saying that if you have been vaccinated, the National Basketball Association, you are not considered to be vaccinated unless you've also gotten your booster. So they are requiring, uh, news came out today, come out prior about the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, the one that you got, the Spirit Airlines of the va- of vaccine community, which, by the way, what is it has like a 13% efficacy after six months? Yeah, What's the number now? It's, a, it's, a temp- it's really a temporary you know, immune boost that goes away very rapidly. But I got, I got those natural antibodies, baby. Well, you're I'm lucky that in that one. respect. But how long is this going to go on, in other words, where you're not considered to be vaccinated until you get a booster. Is it five shots? Is it six total shots? This is seven shots. We're we're, we're entering the period now where we're going to have to make a decision as a society. Is this forever COVID? Meaning there are shots and vax passports and vax requirements for kids to go to school and all this every year, effectively abandoning our approach to generations dealing with the flu and acting like we should take a totally different approach, a much more extreme one for COVID. That's what we are facing right now. There's no doubt. Uh, And there's also no doubt that you can get hooked up with an incredible deal right now. Our buddy Mike Lindell is offering his MyPillows. Yes, the ones that started it all for the lowest price ever. You can get a standard MyPillow right now for $19.98. They're originally $69.98, $50 savings with the promo code Clay and Buck. How do you get hooked up? Well, you should also know you have a money-back guarantee until March 1st. That's a long time. All you have to do is go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener specials, enter the promo code Clay and Buck. That's our names. Or you could call 800-792-3269 for great radio specials. Also, tons of great gifts for holiday season my wife just got my slippers for all of her running group buddies they love them you will too get hooked up with everything right now mypillow.com use the code clay and buck today welcome back in clay travis buck sexton show encourage you to check out clayandbuck.com you can listen to the show live there you can also see all of our different interviews and We'd like for you to go subscribe to the podcast. One of the, what have we told Buck? One of the 
One of the five or six biggest podcasts in all of iHeart. We thank you for downloading. iHeart's the biggest podcast company in the entire country. I think in the entire world. And we are one of the five or six biggest, which is really saying something because it also is a radio show. But you can make sure that you never miss anything. I know a lot of you are going to be on the road for the holiday season. You're going to be out and about driving around. Maybe you want to listen to old episodes of the show. Find some guests that you may have missed. Find some segments that you may have missed. May need to be entertaining yourself. Go to clayandbuck.com. You can see the podcast there. You can certainly Google uh, Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes, all those places. Search out Clay or Buck and you will find the show. Subscribe and give us five stars. I'm going to be on the road in about three hours, Buck. I'm in charge of all three of the Travis boys. I am taking them to Knoxville this weekend. Number one Georgia Bulldogs coming to town. Uh, Neyland Stadium. I'm going to have my 13, my 11, my 7-year-old all just for me. My wife gets the weekend off. And she's also convinced that I cannot handle, even at those ages, 13, 11, and 7, all three boys by myself. Are you optimistic that I can handle them all? See, I, I haven't seen you and the misses and the kids interacting yet, so I don't even know the basics of, like, which one of you is the softy and who's the disciplinary? I'm definitely the softy. She's made, the softy. way tougher than I am. Wow, oh, yeah, okay. yeah. I let them get away with everything. Now, they also, as a result, I, I don't know if this, I think this is just a kid thing in general. They don't believe me no matter what I tell them the weather conditions are going to be. Like, it's not going to be particularly warm. So this morning, I was getting my kids ready for school, and I was saying, hey, get your bag packed. You know, I let the the 11-year-old and the 7-year-old pack their own things. And I said, you know, we're going to be in the hotel. We're going to the game. It's not going to be warm. And they refuse to believe me when it comes to weather as to what they're going to feel like in the stadium. They won't listen. And so... Uh, like I, I, I'm having now to pack for them jackets because if they if they're freezing, then I'm going to get blamed for it because I'm the dad, even though they won't listen to me. And my wife is just convinced, you know, with following them around and having them at the tailgate show. And by the way, we'll be at Calhoun's down on the river for the big noon kickoff show. It's a cool place uh, down by where the Vol Navy is set up. People come in on boats for the game. Should be great. So we'll be there 10 to noon tomorrow if people want to come by and say hi. But she's convinced, like, I'm going to lose a kid and uh, and 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 not be able to return I, with all three. I have I have substantial faith in my co-host that he will both return with all three of his children, and there will be no you know frozen fingers or toes involved either. I think it's going to be all fingers fine. crossed. I have I have substantial faith here. Um, so there you go. I, what are I, you doing this weekend, by the way? Just hanging out, man. Just hanging out. I'm going to go with some friends to the Dave Matthews concert, actually, even though he's a commie, but, you know, his music is good. It reminds me of my youth. Have you, uh, I'm curious on this, I don't think I've asked you, have you had a friend yet in New York City? We know you got vaccinated, so you have a vaccine card. I was talking to some friends in L.A., and they said, Clay, the number of people with fake vaccine cards all over L.A. now, because you have to have them to get in bars and restaurants, they're like, it's an epidemic here. Have you had a friend or someone that you know conv- uh, confess to having a fake vaccine card? Confess? Yet? Are you kidding me? They're all o- all over the place. Everybody's I know got them all over New York. I too, know huh? tons of people. I've come across lots of folks with fake vaccine cards here. Uh, and I would say I I even talked to someone recently who, and this is not a like I have a friend thing. This is this yeah, actually yeah. happened to somebody. People go, oh, Buck. You know, this is it wasn't me. I had a friend whose fake vaccine card was. Um, came up as a topic of conversation on a date and the other party 
ended the date. They were furious. Furious over oh, the fake amazing. vaccine card. Now, you know, I'm I'm not out with any any libs on dates, so that that would not happen <laughs> to me. But the point is, this did happen to someone that I know, and I was sort of I was sort of you know amazed that that's how intense it is. But you're you're seeing it all over all over New York City now. I assume it's the same in L.A. and other places uh, where you know the Democrat Fauci mentality has just been running wild all along. Well, they're asking for snitches now, Buck. That's on right. This, that's on this whole process. Like that kind of ties in with what we're talking about the here. The Biden, yeah, people are going to be the vax Stasi now. Uh, the Biden administration is essentially saying that they want people when they implement the federal vaccine mandate, they want people to come forward and explain. You know, if someone out there is actually uh, not enforcing it or if they have, you know, fake vaccine cards or something like this. And and I just wonder, when is it when is it finally going to break more people that they've had to do all this stuff and been so crazy? Like, I I've, I've thought even some of the libs would would realize how silly they are. But then again, I mean, I get people really mad at me for making fun of their stupid cloth masks still. So I guess I, I guess there's the no boost- end to this for them. I think the boosters is starting to break people. Buck, I really do, because I think there's a lot of people out there, even people listening to us, that said, you know what, I'm going to go get the vaccine. Uh, I'll listen to the authorities. I want to do my part. Maybe you're listening to us and you're 75 years old. Maybe you're 65, whatever age you are. Maybe you're 19, but you decided to go get that first vaccine shot. But now when they're telling you, hey, the vaccines are waning in efficacy, and you're going to have to go get a booster maybe every year, maybe every six months for the next several years. I think there's a lot of people who will say, I'll sign up for a vaccine. This COVID vaccine is not really a vaccine. It's a COVID shot. And we've only been getting, what, yeah. 45, 40, 50 percent of people get the flu shot every year. Way more people got the got the COVID vac shot. And, and what everyone, I think, is going to have to confront at some point soon, too, is that there will be variants of this, just like there are Forever. with the flu. Every year, there are going to be new versions of this. They're going to have to be updating the shot that you get. Not only will the boosters wane in terms of the antibodies that teach you about the spike, you know, your body spike protein, all these mechanisms, the new MNRA mechanism, uh, mRNA. Did I say MN? Yes. Sorry, mRNA mechanism, whatever. Um, the reality here is you're going to have to get the shot every year. And until we realize that we have to treat this to go back to normal. We have to say this is to be treated like that. We treat the flu. We never go back to normal. Then until right. we decide that we we're going to be dealing with this forever because there's animal reservoirs for this. It's still spreading. We have vaccines that are not that effective at preventing transmission at all. We've seen this now. So that's why I, I get so frustrated because I think for a lot of people, it was fear, and now it's a stubbornness that they don't want to admit that it's things a that people like you and I were saying all along were true. No, 100%. And that's why, in the long run, Buck, I think that people are going to come to our side. But is it going to take five or ten years until COVID is basically become acknowledged like the flu for people to recognize that insisting on kids wearing masks was crazy, that vaccinating five-year-olds was nonsensical, that all of the data lines up, and that is why the number one story to me about COVID is, how do we get back to normal? And I don't mean people like you and me, who in much part have gotten back to normal in our life, and many of our listeners, but the country as a whole, it's a really, really interesting question that doesn't have an easy answer. Don't go online, folks, without providing yourself a level of privacy and security. You do that with ExpressVPN. 
A VPN is a virtual private network. It protects you by hiding your searches. It's as if you're anonymous online. It's a much better way these days to go online, given all the tracking that big tech is able to do and the way they sell your data. Nearly every time you connect on a Wi-Fi network in a coffee shop, hotel, or airport, it's unsecured. That means any hacker on the same network can gain access to your personal data. Remember, your data is valuable. Hackers can make up to $1,000 by selling your personal info on the dark web. ExpressVPN creates a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the Internet so that hackers can't see or steal your sensitive data. And ExpressVPN is easy to use. Fire up the app and click one button to get protected. It works on all devices, phones, laptops, tablets, and more. Clay, how do they get hooked up? Uh, it's super easy. You can secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash clay. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash clay. And you can get an extra three months for free. Expressvpn.com slash clay. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast. And this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my from this idea of what do, is that? Is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know 
Okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in. Final segment, hour two. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. I'm Clay Travis. He is Buck Sexton. We are getting geared up. For the final hour of the week, 14 hours almost complete. We'll finish off the 15th hour with some fantastic guests, including Selena Zito, who will join us at the top of the next hour. As we're rolling through today's show, Buck Sexton has been in the eye of the blue checkmark brigade storm over his insistence in calling them out over there obsession with masks and this is just one of the many things that is all tied up in a failure to acknowledge when a factual pattern destroys the narrative and you'll know this because Kyle Rittenhouse white supremacist awful human being on CNN and MSNBC he was called a murderer a school shooter a 17 year old vigilante domestic terrorist deeply racist murderer all those things were said And now people are coming to the conclusion, having watched the trial itself, that almost none of those accusations have been proven in any way so far in a court of law. So there has to be a reason why that is occurring. And guess what? Ely Mistal, who is a lawyer, I believe, has decided, went on CNN, I believe it was, and said the reason why Kyle Rittenhouse may be getting off is because the judge is racist. Listen to this. So you see what I'm saying? When you put the one and one together, you end up with two. When you put one plus one plus one plus one plus one together, you end up with five. And that's what that's that's what that's what Schrader is. He is he has made a series of decisions. Each one perhaps may be individually defensible, but in totality lead to the impression of a biased racist judge with his Trump rally cell phone um, uh, that is trying to get Rittenhouse uh, a walk. First first of all, Clay, we had to correct, I believe, yesterday. We said it's, it's uh, what's the name of the song? Oh, it's, yeah, yeah. It's uh, so My apologies to Lee Greenwood and all of his fans. I said that the song was called Proud to be an American. It's called God Bless the USA, right. and I'm proud okay. to be an American is certainly the refrain I, that many people recognize it, that with. Apologies funny, to all of America for that. Isn't it funny that blue check uh, journos like like Mr. Uh, Miss Stahl here just assume, as we were joking around, don't you feel like I'm, what I what, actually I was serious about this part of it when I said if you see that a judge on a case as a conservative that you're you know, you're accused of something. If the judge has an American flag hanging from their home somewhere. It's not a guarantee, but you think you're probably in pretty good shape that this person might actually respect the Constitution. It's not even about the politics necessarily. Funny that Ms. Stahl here assumes that God bless the USA means that this judge is, a, is like a Trumper judge or something, which is completely absurd. It's a very popular song. But beyond that, he even says every individual decision that the judge has made is defensible because it clearly is. The judge is ruling on things where every lawyer I know is going, what the heck is the prosecutor doing? But because it keeps going in a way that the left and the Democrats don't like, what's the ultimate answer? One plus one plus one plus one equals racism. Okay. Yeah, and and here's the thing. You can think wrongly i believe but you can think that kyle rittenhouse was not entitled to defend himself in which case his actions could be criminal that's the question that the the jury has to determine but what evidence at all is there that racism is a part of this story in any way he shot 
three white people, three white people, by the way, with felonious criminal records who were potentially going to do him ill. We were talking about this off One the of air. One a child rapist. Can we just, yes. A child yes. rapist. Yes. Out of jail, by the way. How do you even get out of jail if you rape a child? Here's the other thing, Buck. You and I were talking about off air. You have seen a lot of videos. All of you out there have. From the summer of racial uh, tempest and violence in the streets. How often did you see someone getting beaten up by many numbers of people, right? And so when you are in danger, as Kyle Rittenhouse could have been, of being disarmed, beaten, he might well die. When somebody tries to hit you with a skateboard and knock you down, Buck, you are in danger once you are on the ground well, if you're knocked well, out. Also, Clay, I mean, in a use of force situation like this, the fact that you have a loaded firearm automatically escalates. So if I have, a, let's say I have a sidearm and someone, and all the law enforcement officers listening to this know, and someone attacks me, and obviously it's different if you're a civilian, you have different training expectations than a cop, but someone attacks me, they go for my weapon. 100%. If they knock me out, they can take my weapon and execute me, and I'm absolutely yes. helpless. So this, oh, it was just a skateboard swing at somebody's head. They knew we had a gun. Yes. What kind of lunatic assaults somebody with a gun unless they intend to use that gun when they get it against that person, right? They're the ones escalating. That's why this is such a clear self-defense case. We're so lucky, by the way, from the perspective of justice, that there's video of this. Imagine for a moment percent. that you were just relying on the eyewitness testimony of BLM rioters in this circumstance, right? They would, I mean, I, I think that you would probably see young Rittenhouse spending decades in prison because they would say that, you know, he started it, it's his fault. We have video video of it that shows what happened and yet here we are they they're still trying to find a way to make Rittenhouse now that the facts are out the bad guy based on narrative because ultimately they don't like that people would that individual citizens would rebel against the lawlessness the intimidation and the rage of the left of BLM of Biden voters because that's what this was this was the anger of Biden voters during covid against Trump and Trumpism and, and all the rest of it and creating this BLM movement pretext for going around and destroying neighborhoods and terrorizing people. What percentage of people do you think believe that Kyle Rittenhouse shot black protesters? I think it's pretty high. I mean, I couldn't get I mean, I, I wouldn't be because, surprised if I found I asked, out that yeah. 30 or 40 percent of Democrats believe that Kyle Rittenhouse shot black protesters i, I think it's higher than that because and the reason why i asked this question is because joe biden and many other left wingers immediately said this is a white supremacist this is a racist even that clip that we just played says that there's a race angle to the decisions being made by the jury i think there is a huge percentage of people out there that were completely stunned as the facts in this case came out that the three people who were shot were all white, and also, I think a huge percentage of people still don't know that they had criminal convictions on their resumes, flak jackets. Uh, right. and, and I'll just say this. I, I've there. covered a fair number of Antifa direct actions on the streets. I've been there as a media person watching and seeing and documenting it, and their expectation is that civilians run away in terror. Their expectation yes. is that they want to destroy your storefront, they want to rampage through your... your uh, you know, your grocery store, your pharmacy, you get out of the way or else they're going to hit you with a brick. Yes. That's what they expect. 
That's obviously what they were thinking was going to happen with Rittenhouse, even though he was armed. They found out the hard way that that was not, in fact, the case. Uh, we got Selena Zito joining us here, journalist who just does this amazing thing where she speaks to Americans all across the country and covers the concerns of Americans outside of the D.C. Beltway, outside of the New York City, Northeast, and California media bubble. What are people thinking of this Biden administration on Main Street across the country? We'll talk to Selena Zito coming up about that in just a few. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 